3: The crew had to wear aprons so that they couldn't mm. tell who was a contestant and who was a, a member of the crew so it, it got decoy bakers all, it, yeah decoy bakers it got all very silly <laughs>
4: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a little bonus episode of the Bake Down. Uh, we've had so many fantastic questions and lovely comments from all our lovely listeners that we just had to do another episode to address all your questions, and frankly, you don't need much to convince us four to get together to have a little natter about baking. So (laughs) here we are for an extra bonus episode of me, Sarah, Jane, Dan, and Howard just nattering for a bit, which just feels quite cosy on a cold winter day. So here we are. Hi, guys. Welcome back.
2: feels appropriate. It It does, does. yeah. Yeah.
3: It does. This is (laughs) happy for us, too. I'm chopped to bits to be seeing you lot again. (laughs) (laughs) It makes my day.
2: Yes. Well, I was expecting to see you all at Christmas, but we didn't expect to see you so soon. But no, it's it's a it's a rare treat uh, for for us in in the autumn and and winter to do this, and uh, I'm glad we got to do another one. And yeah. is it is it appropriate for me to begin this podcast just by saying how incredibly bitter I am that the horse I backed didn't win uh, Bake Off? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. you expected nothing less from me, I'm sure. Or nothing more, perhaps. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's very sad that Bake Off is over, and I'm still a little bit gutted for poor old Josh that he didn't win. Mm. Um, but you know, Matty obviously did a fantastic job, um, so um, big big congratulations to Matty. But I'm gutted that I didn't manage to pick the winning horse this year. But then, no, neither of us, none of us did, did we? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Did. no, no, no. no, 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 no
3: I, Howard and I weren't even close, frankly. No, um,
5: I d- th- this is what worries me. Why are people asking us questions? We know nothing.
4: <laughs> so on that note, let's get to your questions. Yes, we're just going to kick off with the questions. Um and we're going to address all the ones that we haven't managed to get to. Um so thank you so much everybody for everything you've said to us when you've written in. It's been fantastic to hear how much you love the podcast and how much you love listening to us all nattering. So, here we go. Our first question. We have a question here from Stephanie from Savannah, who says, Hello, Bakers. This has certainly been a great season, although perhaps a challenge featuring wind chimes of biscuits would have livened things up a bit. (laughs) Oh, Dan, that reminds me of your season very much. Wind chimes made of biscuits. Um, Dreadful. Dreadful
2: challenge. (laughs) Go on. Go on. Sorry, (laughs) Sarah.
4: My question concerns the secrecy you had to adhere to when you were cast on the show. My understanding is that your nearest and dearest were permitted to know you were competing. I'm curious whether you had any close calls or instances where someone might have uncovered the truth. Perhaps you ran into a friend at the grocer's where your shopping cart contained several pounds of butter and flour. I could just imagine someone (laughs) urging you to try out, never knowing you tried and succeeded. I'm just curious about any difficulties in this regard. Enjoying your lively banter from Stephanie. Well, I love the picture Stephanie's painted there and I'm imagining you all in the supermarket with your shopping trolleys. (laughs) So, Howard, um, that reminds me of something you've often said about people wanting you to apply for Bake Off.
5: Yes. So, I think as well as as family members, close family members, not everybody, um, because they do a bit of filming of the kind of backstory of you kind of taking stuff into work or... You know, running in a park or, or whatever. People who who you come into immediate contact with also sign confidentiality agreements. So, as far as I remember, anyway. So I think um, I think they're kind of bound by secrecy as well. But I do remember, you know, I've said before about having cut my thumb on the very first bake and went to a kind of local place to have it. Uh, not sewn up, but bandaged up again. And then when I got back to Sheffield, I went to um, the uh, minor injuries unit and they said to me, how have you done this? And you think, oh, can I actually say I did it while I was filming Bake Off? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, di- I did, but probably shouldn't have. So, yeah. Oh, did you? Gonna yes, yes, yes you did. I'm going to get into trouble, on time. We've drew a
3: confidentiality <laughs> agreement. <laughs> In the first week as well. Yes. I know well,
2: about <laughs> I actually have a very similar story, which is, um, it was just before week three on my season, I think, and I had a bad tummy and I mentioned it on the group chat, just that I was a bit unwell. And the Love Production team said, well, you need to go and get a doctor to check that you're okay to come down. I was like, oh, God, I should just keep my mouth shut. Um, you know, it wasn't anything serious. And then the doctor was like, you know, this is a confidential space. Like, I understand that a TV production company is, like, trying to get me to drop the secret. <laughs> and I was like, no, I can't say anything. But um, I, think, I think he sort of knew what was going on. And he sort of, like, kept talking about how talking, say, anything you say to a doctor is confidential. I'm like, I'm not falling for that. So, so so, yeah, Mm. but it was fine. I was clear to compete. It's uh, it was okay. Yeah.
3: Didn't you all have to get something signed by the doctor to say you were fit and healthy and okay to appear on the show? Anyway,
2: I'm sure I did. A psychologist or a psychologist. Oh no, we had to have that. Yes, but not GP. I don't. I don't remember that. Not for me. Maybe it's because you were over thirty-five at the time, Jane.
1: Was, that, was I was <laughs> that <laughs> cheeky?
2: Cheeky. <laughs> <sighs> I
3: don't
2: I don't I don't remember that. Maybe it did happen. I don't have a I don't remember memory. any uh, yes.
3: I I don't remember actually having any really tricky moments. I think my daughter let slip at one point to her friends who knew her incredibly well. Um you know, I think she went very red and spluttered after she'd said something and they went, your mum's on make-off, isn't she? But they all seemed to keep it quiet. Um, But I don't think we had anything particularly awkward. But my year, as somebody pointed out the other day, how many have many million, it, it was sort of, it had gone bonkers my year. People were, <laughs> had, I think they flew out to Africa to doorstep Selassie's relatives or something. I mean, it was just wow. ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And we'd got wind when we were filming. Oh, I'm going to get my Did you go to the this. doctors for that? <laughs> for the wind. <laughs> 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 no, we, had, we got wind that the sort of press were coming down to try and um, get pictures of the contestants Mm. because of course nobody knew who we were and we used to get smuggled out of the hotel with blankets over our head in the middle of the you know early morning and then they thought they (laughs) were on the hill somebody had spotted it probably some poor walker but somebody was on the hill and it was like oh there's somebody over there right all the crew had to wear aprons so that they couldn't mm. tell who was a contestant and uh, who was a, a member of the crew. So decoy makers, yeah, decoy makers. Mm. It got like all Star very Wars. silly. Yeah. <laughs> what? It got all very silly. Star um, Wars Episode One, where Keira Knightley is Natalie Portman's decoy.
2: <laughs> oh, I've never yes. seen the. i never seen the prequels.
4: Jane knew what I meant. It's fine.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> anyway, yeah. so yeah, there we go. What was Oh, so I fantastic! Was pretty good about keeping it quiet. Actually, I think I told a few people that I was on the show, but then if anyone asked for details, I was like, "No, I can't. You know, I can't tell you mm. tell you that. You know, you have to wait and see it." And there, but people would just be like, "Did you win? Did you win?" And I'm like, "Just don't even ask me." <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Stephanie, for that fantastic question. And uh, it's raised some utterly fantastic answers as well. It's a wonderful story. So thank you very much. Next question we have here is from Anna in Alabama. And Anna says, hi to Sarah, Jane, Howard and Dan. It's such a pleasure to have you all as part of my weekend routine of watching the new Bake Off episode and then tuning into the podcast afterwards. My question for you all is this. Botanicals Week returned to the tent this year. What other themes would you like to see revisited, or are there any themes not yet done that you think would be fun to watch? Mm. That's
2: a good one, isn't it? Uh, well, I think, I think the food team have done a very good job of exploring mm. pretty much uh, <laughs> every category there is. Um, so there's obviously sort of the time period stuff. There's uh, various countries. There's lots of, for example... Um, like each european country is sort of known for a particular fair or a tort or something you know so it might be fun to visit different european countries but i think uh we've done such a wonderful job of offending almost every country we've done a, a mm. country week for haven't sure. we so i think maybe they're a little bit cautious we still we still always have french week don't we i mean that's well, uh patisserie it's french week it's french
3: it is french week more or less more or less i don't every know every week's french week I quite yes. liked
5: I quite liked Party Week this this year. I thought that was, was good. Yeah, yeah, be happy to see that come back again. I, yeah. I did like cool. that. I like mm. that
3: too because I, actually I was looking at stuff today. Um, on instagram as one does and coming across all the christmas stuff and i thought oh a really lovely christmas buffet because josh did a christmas Mm. christmas one didn't he that would be such fun The, the problem is they do a christmas special so they
2: probably wouldn't want to do a christmas week would they true But that's the other thing. Someone suggested to me like Halloween week or something because it is filmed around uh, – aired around Halloween time. So you could have like Halloween week or you could have like Valentine's Mm. week or you could do things like that. Um, But I don't know. I think they do a pretty good job. And I think, you know, we're just sort of coming up with uh, anything. You know, everything's a bit of a stretch. No more vegan week though, please. That was
5: awful. Well, that's that's interesting actually Uh, because I thought – I definitely thought there would have been a kind of free from week mm. this year. (laughs) But there wasn't, Maybe. Was there? so yeah,
2: free from is quite hard, I mean, like you're mm. good at it, Howard, because you do it uh, because you've become known for doing like gluten free stuff, but for a regular person, if that's not the type of baking that you normally do, that's actually really hard. You sort of have to start from scratch and learn a whole new skill.
5: So I love the fact a free... that I'm irregular, I'm not a regular person. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean. I know.
2: You're not even gluten free, are you? But because you have this reputation for gluten gluten-free baking, it's <laughs> sort of become one of your I skills.
5: Did, did one on on one on the program, and that's it. You get a reputation, don't you? But well, oh.
3: you've got a book. You have a book. Yes, gluten-free
2: gluten-free baking.
1: So not not just
3: You one. did write a book. Karen. Yes, you did. <laughs> 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 but I'd love to see a gluten-free one because I am. Um, I'm not celiac but it's been worked out this summer that i am now gluten intolerant and let me tell you i had a bag of oats the other day that i assumed were gluten-free and were not and i knew about Mm -hmm. it um which was very annoying so i would like a completely gluten-free week because It is a real challenge, and Mm. I'm struggling with gluten-free pastry because I love pastry, and I love sausage rolls, and with Christmas coming along, I want some nice – I don't want to miss out on those treats. Um, Cakes are easy. Gluten-free cakes, Mm. I think, are pretty easy. Most cakes work if you're careful with your mix. But the pastries are bread. Oh, don't ask me. I I cannot make gluten-free bread, but a a type of gluten-free – what do you call it? Crisp bread to go with Christmas, with lots of seeds and nuts and things. And so, I think a gluten-free week would be good because more and more people are gluten intolerant. A lot of people yeah, choose intolerant, not to yeah. eat yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's been quite a bit in the um, in the news recently about people who are celiac. And I mean, you know, for me, if I eat some gluten, well, tough. Um, You'll but survive, yeah. yeah, I'll survive. But people who are celiac. Really, it is very, very, very dangerous. My dad was celiac and wasn't diagnosed until he was eighty-nine. Actually, poor old devil. Wow. Um, but you can you you can become gluten intolerant and celiac at any age. Um, so I think I'd love really love to see um, a, a gluten free, and then maybe we'd have some more gluten free stuff in the shops, or mm. or people would be better at baking it rather than resorting to the awful some of the awful, awful bread and things that you can get in the supermarket.
2: I find I'm less able to eat wheat uh, as I get older as well. Um, Howard, you've you've written the book, what do
5: you do for pastry? Sweet pastry is really quite straightforward. What do you do? If you if you use icing sugar mm-hmm. and egg whites, you can create enough kind of protein. That's royal and enough... icing, Howard. That's
2: royal icing, Howard. <laughs> no, I'm recipe. obviously
5: putting flour and <laughs> butter in there as well. I'm not okay. I'm just mixing <laughs> egg whites. With... Look, yeah, pastry. <laughs> it's pastry. This is glue. <laughs> but for for savoury pastry i tend to use cheese uh to kind of bind it together so uh put some parmesan or some cheddar or whatever in there that helps to improve the uh binding of it
2: probably doesn't hurt the flavor either no exactly and how about a puff
5: puff um not as easy no
2: uh, I mean, Howard's brow has never looked so furrowed.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose once you've got once you've got a kind of short crust that you are reasonably happy with, you can use that as the carrier for your mm. butter. But uh, mm. it's it's not something I I particularly um. There's there's no puff pastry actually in the book, and um, I suppose if I were, if I were to write a, a second one, I would attempt it. But it's not something I've. Um, I've done oh, well, I'm going to Brilliant. give it a go. So okay.
3: uh, um, I will let you know. Mm-hmm. Excellent.
4: Right. So gluten-free week and potentially some more holiday weeks because I, I like the idea of party food week as well because it it doesn't necessarily cover one type of cuisine. It's just it can be oh. quite open brief. I mean caterpillar okay, cake it's inspired. So
1: mm.
2: maybe
4: we'll see more of that. And how
2: about wind chime biscuit week? Yeah, perfect. And wind chime yeah. <laughs> biscuit
4: week exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh thank you so much Anna for that question and moving on to the next question we have one a question from Sally uh who hasn't said where she's from but hello Sally ever uh, nonetheless Sally says hello love the podcast it's a highlight of my week um, are the beautiful drawings of the baker's signature and showstopper bakes drawn before the items are baked or after?
3: Well, I don't know really. I'm I'm assuming after. After then, yeah. I'm assuming after,
2: but I really don't know. I have experience of a, well, the drawings were I I assume are created afterwards, but I have had experiences of drawings seemingly being based on the practice bake that I took a picture of. And I've also had drawings that have seems been based upon what I actually produced in Mm. the tent. Mm. So I don't know. I don't like, I'm assuming that Love Productions team just give the artist a picture and say, draw that, you know? And I think maybe they give them a different picture depending on, you know, like one of my practice bakes had a load more decoration on it, but I didn't manage to make any of that decoration in the tent. And the picture that they drew was of the bake with less decoration. So I'm assuming they must have shown them a picture of what I actually made. So they must have drawn them afterwards, but I don't know w- as to what they're basing the drawing on. It depends on how many versions of it you've made, I guess.
5: I I think the I think it's probably changed over the years. Actually, I think if you look back mm. at earlier series, including mine, uh, the drawings reflect the bake, the finished bake. Whereas mm. I think in later series, you get a kind of idealized version of what it was supposed to look like and then sometimes it doesn't quite match that so uh, i remember when i did the christmas special one of my baits i didn't manage to finish and they asked me to just send a shot or a drawing of what it was supposed to look like and the the finished drawing Ooh. was based on that rather than the horrible thing that i'd um i'd produced on the day but-
2: <laughs> I don't remember you making anything horrible. it Howard.
5: Oh, never. there were some mini Stollen cakes and they were supposed to have little pots of clementine curd at the side and a little bit of of sort of um, candied grapefruit or orange or something on top. And they, mm. did, well, they didn't have either, so they just looked like these little <laughs> bear, bear sausages. So that's why they thought, Oh, let's just give him an opportunity to show us what it should have looked like. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair enough.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So this is the fantastic uh, Tom Hovey, for those of you who don't know um, who he is. He is a fantastic artist, uh, but he has a website. If anybody wants to look up his lovely drawings, he has been drawing um, the bakes since the very beginning Um, And if you Mm. go back to early seasons, you'll see his his design and his artwork. um, And it really does make it feel like Bake Off once you see those drawings, Mm. you know, in that same style each year. It's really, really lovely to see. And you can actually buy some of the um, some of the drawings. uh, If anybody Mm. wants to uh, visit his online shop, you can buy a handful of
2: them. Well, I was about to say that but only the line drawings. So the full coloured-in versions that yeah. they use on the show, you can't buy those. I'm assuming yeah. that Love Productions have bought the rights to those, you know, uh, so so he can't sell them. But it's annoying. I have all the line drawings of my bags, but I, I do wish I had them in colour, but I guess he's not legally allowed to sell them, which is a bit of a shame. I, won't,
5: I wonder whether the colours added kind of digitally. Maybe. By the production team. Yeah. However,
4: if you buy... Uh, A couple of years ago, I bought a bread lion picture for my mum, which is hanging up in their kitchen, my mum and dad's Mm. kitchen. Um, And with it came a little mini postcard of the coloured in bread lion. So I do have that one. Yay! (laughs) So do you all have um, line drawings of your bakes? And did you buy them or were they gifted?
2: I bought the ones that I have good memories associated with. So I bought some of my line drawings. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> you have some of them. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think I've got line draw. Well, I know I've got line drawings of, as Dan says, the ones that I really liked. And then I'm sure Tom Hovey shoved in an extra couple um, because I thought, oh, that's really sweet, but maybe it's just just because nobody would ever want to buy
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what no I never, I never did get around to buying one you? <laughs> um but i know richard bird redid his kitchen roughly mm. the same time as we ran the marathon so probably about 2018 and he has all t- uh, he had 10 beautifully lined up on on his kitchen wall um which I think looked lovely, and I was always a bit jealous.
5: I, I also bought the Great British Bake Off colouring book, which's got oh, Tom Hobie's oh. illustrations that <laughs> oh, you can that. colour in. Oh,
2: that's, oh, so that's nice.
5: nice.
2: I have six. I have six on my kitchen wall, of the the nice. six, you know, six that I have nice memories of. But I think they were only about 10 quid each, Jane. I don't think no. they were that expensive. Yeah. Not. I thought they were £100 each. Oh, no! God, no! Didn't pay 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 time. Maybe I'll buy no. some of no. them. By the time I'd framed them all, it did get a little bit more expensive. But no, the actual line drawings, I think they're about 10 quid from memory, Jane. Why don't you try writing to Tom Hovey and saying, no. you may remember me, international celebrity <laughs> chef, J.B. <Jay No>. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who?
1: <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? Who?
4: Well, thank you so much, Sally, for that question. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to look up Tom Hovey's uh, prints and maybe purchase a few of them, um, then you can find him on Google. We have another question here from Angus. Hello, Angus. Uh, Don't know where Angus is writing in from, but hello. Uh, It says, hello, Sarah and all. You guys are all. (laughs) (laughs)
2: We're the least important ones. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Is that all? <laughs> yeah, sure. Don't you forget it? <laughs> um,
4: who? Um, yeah, who publishes this podcast? I do. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Angus says, "I just wanted to drop you a line to ask about the technical in Dessert Week." Um, now, this was the steamed sponge
3: puddings. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I think we've already said quite a lot. About this,
4: <laughs> I'll be really interested oh, wow. to hear what you all think went wrong. I can't help but think that when all the contestants fail so spectacularly. There must be something wrong with the challenge itself. Was it something wrong with the instructions, or that they weren't given enough time?
2: Well, I think what honestly happened was they didn't know how long to make them for. Yeah, I think that that's that right. was it. I mean, on some level, the thing is—is is look at the end of the day, it's a TV show, and so whether things go very well or very badly, it still makes good television. And like the fact that people are talking about it, and you've written in a, a question about it, suggests that. As a TV moment, it was quite successful. It depends what you want to see, though. I think in some shows, we want to see people doing a good job, and in other times, we enjoy the schadenfreude of seeing people fail spectacularly. Personally, I don't want to see people fail spectacularly on Bake If I don't find that comfortable viewing. I don't want that's not the kind of TV I want to watch. Um, but I mean, is, what, what do you think, Jane? Jane and Howard very smugly said they would have known how long to bake these for, I remember, but I wouldn't have known. <laughs>
3: Well, we, I think what we said, we, I think what we said was we would have steamed them and not in not in the oven. Mm. Um, I have never tried a steamed pudding in an oven. It sort of like, for me defeats the object. No. Really, I cover each one in a pleated piece of um, greaseproof, and then a piece of foil over the top and put an elastic band or some string around each one. Even in the little mini puddings, and then so have- old fashioned. Well, there we go. Is it. <laughs> what would you use? Um, you don't even make steamed
2: puddings, I seem to remember. Um, I have then, the, a lidded basin. Do you not
3: have a yeah, lidded basin? Yeah, you can
5: do. Yeah.
3: Oh, you can? If, I've got a lidded basin for a, um, a family size one, but not for the little oh, right. individual ones. And then... I'd get a big, wide-bottom pan that's big enough to take them all. I'll put an upside-down plate or a trivet in it so it keeps the, the pudding basin off the, the actual base of the, the, the pans so that they don't get the direct heat. And put some water in, make sure it doesn't run dry. Put a lid on and steam them for the mini ones 60 minutes or 90 minutes if you do a... A family-sized one. And I would always do it like that. I just think it, at least you know it's getting steamed and cooked, whereas in the
2: oven... My big ones take two or three hours, I thought. Maybe I'm over-baking them. I don't know. won't take a long time. Or am I thinking of Christmas pudding? Christmas pudding You're takes a long, probably time. Christmas yeah. pudding they take forever, yeah. yeah. you know, all yeah.
3: day to cook a Christmas pudding. But a steamed pudding should only take family-sized one, about 90 minutes. Um, okay. But I've never done one in the oven, and I think I think it would have been nice to have... Perhaps let them decide how they were going to steam them. That would have been funny because none of them. Yeah, were to oh, yeah.
2: yeah. that's a good idea, actually.
3: You know, choose how you steam these puddings. Uh, maybe what went wrong was they didn't use boiling hot water in there so the steam didn't get going. But, you know, if it takes 60 minutes on the hob, it's going to take 60 minutes in the oven with plenty of steam.
5: I, I think it was a bit of a fluffy recipe as it well. Was, I mean, to did. make your own golden syrup or whatever yeah, it, so was, it was who like. does that That's yeah, yeah. Does that, I don't that know. was a bit yeah Golden syrup is cheap um, like, but uh, yeah I, I do mine like like jane does the only difference is i don't tend to use a of or a, um, a saucer in the bottom i use a large cookie cutter but that oh, okay. works yeah, oh, wow. a metal cook. yeah something to get it off the just base just resting it, it really? on yeah
2: See, I follow my mother. My mother would take, you know, the oldest, grottiest, most chipped plate saucer and turn it upside down. And that's oh, that's what I would oh, use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Just you your mother and me then, so... <laughs> 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 so, I don't know. It's a shame. I think the problem was we had a very young group of bakers this year. Half of them were under 30. So young. And perhaps Infants. a steamed pudding. Yes, children. Well, they're all younger <laughs> than my children. Um, I think it it's just not a fashionable thing to do a steamed pudding these days Ooh. they would have all have looked on instagram at wonderful entremets and fantastic chocolate sculptures and fancy ways of making edible christmas trees out of ice cream cones and various things but they probably haven't seen a steamed pudding and i like that about this series there were a lot of traditional bakes and traditional skills and it it was interesting Ooh. to see how they coped
2: that's true because the steam pudding might be delicious, but it's not sort of Instagram worthy, is it? It's not going to get you uh, lots of hearts on Instagram turning out steam pudding, delicious as it may be. I
3: know, it no, it is. I put no. one up a couple of Christmases ago, and I don't think I didn't think I got very many likes on that one. <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 or, when, or when you make a beautifully steamed suet pudding and you turn it out and you think it's beautiful and it's going to taste delicious, and it's just this brown lump. It is, it doesn't
3: yeah, look really yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. A spotted dick. Yes, there we go. Which always <laughs> amuses American friends of ours. They think it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh.
4: <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Angus, for that question. Now, we have another question here from Erica in Boston who says, Dear Bake Down Podcast, is there a reason besides tradition that the Great British Bake Off needs to be filmed in a tent? We've seen so many issues with the chocolate not tempering in extreme heat and bread not rising on cold days. But more seriously, contestants are actually getting sick from overheating. Uh, Yes, obviously, uh, we've seen that a couple of times. And I think Tasha had a migraine this year that it was possibly down to the the heat in the tent, um, she says, I understand that air conditioning isn't possible in the tent because of the noise, um, but as summers get longer and hotter with climate change, what's your opinion about whether Bake Off should be moved into a climate-controlled studio? Mm-hmm. And if no. so, would it be the same? No. I like this question.
2: I You're just losing I mean, I have very strong opinions about what Bake Off is and what Bake Off should be, and... The sort of what makes it special and what makes it iconic, and I think the tent is an absolutely enormous part of that. And mm, yes, they can change it, but but why why would they do that? And the thing is, at the end of the day, one thing that makes Bake Off special, in my opinion, is that it is genuinely amateur bakers who are not producing the highest level patisserie. You know, or if they do, it's sort of a rare and special feat. It is about amateur bakers and baking in in a less than perfect environment. It's not about who is the most incredible pastry chef in the UK. That's not what the show is, in my opinion. No, Apart I from you, Jay, you are, you are the most incredible <laughs> chef in the UK.
3: Um, I, no, I totally agree with Dan. I think the reason it was in a tent probably initially was a great old British tradition of fates and tea tents and bunting and yeah. all that stuff, so quintessentially British. And we all love the tent, and if it moved it inside, it would just be like master chef or something like that, and
2: or the professionals,
3: oh well, yeah. yeah, all the professional. well, yeah, maybe not the professionals, but I think it, it is unfortunate when it gets terribly hot, and Lord knows what we're going to do when the climate carries on going completely bonkers, as it currently appears to be, uh, but they could move it a little bit earlier or they could move it a little bit later in the year. Whether that would help or, or not with the, the heat, I don't know. But you learn to cope with most things. I, I think it's just those very, very hot days that um, they were all having sort of damp towels around the backs of their necks. Uh, but if it gets to the stage where you really can't bake in a tent because it's too hot, then perhaps that's time for bake-off to come to an end because it wouldn't be bake-off. no. Mm. Mm-hmm. The better to not do it at all
5: I, I think I think um one of the reasons why it was initially in the tent as well was because in the very very first series they were moving round the country, weren't they so they they went. each episode was filmed in a different part of the country yes yeah. yes it did
4: move
1: yeah. so it, we, yeah.
5: it had that kind of movable feast kind of thing but no I, I think if we coped with it i don't see why anybody else should get an easier ride really yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're pulling the ladder up behind us
5: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> i don't i think tasha i think from the start she wasn't well from the first um, interview she sounded yes. best, yeah. very yeah. fragile and i think she'd had a migraine the night before whether that was caused by the heat in the hotel or... I don't think it was the heat in the tent that day. I think she was feeling poorly even really before they started. Yes. I would have hoped that. I, I, I would have hoped if it, the temperature gets to the point where it's dangerous, then health and safety would kick in and everybody would have to yes. go home. Just... Oh,
4: we're, we're very health and safety conscious in the UK. So if uh, if something isn't oh, right, yes. then, you know, it's not going to happen. Hold
0: up.
4: So, yes, so definitely we think we're going to lose the essence of Bake Off if we don't have the tent. So, rather mm. stop Bake Off altogether yeah. Yeah. than yeah, move it inside.
2: So. Ba- Bake Off will end one day. And I think if we get to the point where we're like, we're going to get rid of the Bake Off tent, you're like, is it the same program? I don't mm. think it is. No. I, I, I really don't think it would be the same program. Sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, I, hopefully it will go on attracting viewers and therefore be entertaining be entertaining and attract viewers whichever way chicken and egg but um yes 14 series
0: Mm. and they're advertising
3: Mm. for series 15 so that's a long time for a series to go go on i think and still Mm. be successful should have stopped after my series and then i'd have been queen
2: number two you'd have been the most famous yeah you would (laughs) jane's the finale that jane Wood is in is still the most popular, most watched episode ever. And Jane will yeah. not miss an opportunity to remind us of what no, a major fake no. <laughs> Off star she is. It's my only claim to fame. El and Hartley. you're just bitter. You're just bitter. Death. That's my whole personality. Of course I'm bitter. <laughs> <laughs>
4: let's carry on with the questions uh we have a question here from richard in palm springs in california and um, he's
2: it is here <laughs> oh yes, yeah. they couldn't do a bake up at a 10 there could they
4: oh no goodness me um richard says hello just a note to say how much i'm enjoying another series of the bake down it's like visiting old friends oh, oh. guys are so nice with all your lovely comments uh he said two things i wish love productions would do one include a few scenes of the bakers interacting with each other they always seem to have such good camaraderie that it would be fun to see that on screen and two bring more bakers back for additional specials yes
2: yes, yes. agreed
4: full reunions would be difficult but smaller gatherings would be nice um, And he does say, I guess it's a lot of work to put these things on. So what do we think about those things? More interaction between the bakers that we see and more reunions.
5: I, I think it would be lovely. I think you could even have a, an extra episode at the end of each series where you see some of the kind of what's going on behind the scenes. I think it would nice. be quite interesting. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yes, that was oh, good idea, How? because I was going to say... It wouldn't be possible because actually we we never stop in the two days that we're filming, but mm. there would be outtakes. But then would they film us in the green room? I'm not sure I want people. Oh, no, thanks. I'm not sure I no. saying what we say got <laughs> up to. Why, in the green Jane? Room. Well, no. well, no, but, you know. What, That's a safe what, space. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, we started filming that, yeah. us in there. You know, they don't see what we get up to in there. And and to be honest, we played board games and sang songs or allegedly sang songs anyway, because none of us could sing apart from Andrew. But, yeah, I don't know. They just have to do some outtakes, wouldn't they, mm. um, of us sitting outside where there are cameras. But I wouldn't want them to. I mean, we get we're mic'd up all day. They can hear us all day
2: yeah Mm.
3: i mean it is lovely the way we all get on and we do it's a very happy place to be and i think we're all still in touch with people that we run the series with certainly i am yeah so maybe maybe some more outtakes in the tent where they've got the filming anyway and put together an extra episode i think that's quite a nice idea howard actually
5: there were some lovely things on um, social media at the end of, uh, after the final, weren't there? About oh, they were. where yeah. Where they were playing cricket and things like that at the, the final, and it, it'd be quite nice to see a bit more of that, I think.
3: Well, it looks as though they did more of it than we mm-hmm. did. We yeah. sort of got shuffled into the tent, shuffled out of the tent, back to the hotel and, and things, and it looks a lot more, there's a lot more filming of social things that go on mm. now which is lovely, I yeah. think. Do we think this
4: is as social media gets more and more relevant? Mm, because maybe. social media wasn't, I'm not saying it didn't exist, but it wasn't as relevant. It wasn't, no. you know, and then they post, Bake Off's uh, account posts so much now. They post so much behind the scenes. There was a lovely video of Tasha giving all the Baker's sign names. Which oh, really yeah. Nice and yeah. yeah. All that sort of stuff. So they need to film more for social media. Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah.
3: Yes, because it was very. It was still quite in its infancy. There were very few of us that. Well, I, I, most of us got our Instagram accounts when we went on to Bake Off. Um, uh, whereas I think. Yeah. Currently, probably everybody's got Instagram accounts before they even consider going
5: on Bake Off. So. I don't think Instagram existed when I was on. Maybe not. But no, Twitter was there, but yeah. I'm
4: going to look it up.
5: Mm. <laughs> um, when did
2: Instagram start? It, there was definitely Instagram before 2018 when I went on. I don't, mm. I just, I yes, didn't have so Instagram. Was, yeah. Mm. Kim and Joy already had 3,000 followers when we started Bake Off, and we were all Did impressed she? by that. We were like, 3,000 followers? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So many.
4: Well, Howard, in December 2010, Instagram had 1 million um, registr- oh. registrations. Oh. Wow,
1: that's really like In
4: that... January 2011, Instagram added the hashtag. To, you know, help,
1: help oh, people well. find
4: yeah. relevant photographs. Mm. So uh, so yes, it was it was still quite new.
3: It was still around. quite new. So there you go, bit of history children. We like a bit of history. What was the other bit of the question? There was was there another bit of that question? Uh,
4: reunions. Like you're having little reunions. Yeah. reunions. Nice. Uh, an extra series with
3: Bake off people coming back So a lot of people sort of drop out of the baking Don't they
4: Mm
1: -hmm.
3: It's hard work keeping Instagram going And I must admit I'm not doing much of it at the moment Um, But it would be lovely to have Series with some of us oldies You know oldies But hopefully goodies Mm -hmm. Would be lovely I mean I would love to bake with you guys in the tent That would be really special Um,
2: That would be special That would that would be
3: special. Yeah um so you know perhaps.
5: but you you'd beat us wouldn't you that's the, oh, that's Jane the... would yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah of
2: course we that's, that's why, why Jane wants to go back yeah so, i know, would like to bake
5: great. with you too yeah <laughs>
2: she can beat us yeah. and who else could i bake with? um
3: yes yeah. yeah, so um, i could just win
2: no
5: yeah.
3: i
2: don't know <laughs> Yeah, not Andrew anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrew would be a worthy
3: adversary. Andrew um, would. Don't forget, I was on the Christmas special with him. Yeah, uh, I
2: know you beat him there. We all know, James. <laughs> so I saw. I saw you guys giving each other dirty looks. Yeah, uh-huh.
3: <laughs> but it would be lovely.
2: Lovely, I think. It would be, but I think the thing is that like when so you know sometimes people do the show, and as Jane said, like, I did Instagram like a lot for a bit and worked at it and did bits and pieces. And then I sort of drifted out of it, and you know you have other priorities in life, and you know the Bake Off will always be a, a play a time, and a place for us, you know, and uh, you can't walk in the same river twice. So, you know, you, you can't really go back and do it again. Um, I think some people, it would be different for them to go back. Going back for a Christmas special is one thing, okay? If you go back for, like, a season, if there was, like, an all-stars season, if you like, um, then it would be difficult for people. I think because if people, for example, did very well on their first trip in the tent, there's a lot of jeopardy going back in that you could, like, ruin your reputation mm. if you went home mm. in the first week or whatever. What or even worse maybe if you were someone who went out early and then you went back 10 and then went home early again that would be even more devastating so I think it sort of comes with like a, it comes with a jeopardy that I think might be unappealing to some people especially if the public really liked them the first time or whatever I think there's the potential that it could sour an experience that was already lovely or do you think I'm being overly oh, um, I don't about they it. did a um, they
3: did an Australian master Chef. Um, Mm. series a couple of years ago. I love that Australian MasterChef. Um, And for people who had got down to, I can't remember, the last 16 in previous series, so people who were very well known and had careers in the industry um, were invited back for a series. So there were lots of familiar faces there, lots of people you loved or hated, and very, very good chefs coming and competing against each other. And I thought that was lovely and it went down very, very well, certainly with the Australian audience who knew and loved these people. And I think you Mm. could do that, you know, with people who you knew and loved, not humiliate some of the bakers that they've had on who (laughs) perhaps didn't get through week one, who proved themselves not to be necessarily the most competent, but people who had made the halfway mark maybe – um, who were good bakers and then just... Good choice and, of
2: words, Jane.
5: Good choice of words. Yep. Well, well know, that's, 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 that that's an interested. interesting one. You, you could actually have people who went out at the same point, couldn't you? And then yeah, me that, and Howard, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, so all doing? the You're week pointless. sixes together in one. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yes,
3: you could do. You could all all, all finalists. Yeah, who, uh, yeah. Did quite, all right, Jane. Quite me- <laughs> 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 um, I think it would be quite mm-hmm. nice. Uh, you know, it gives people a warm and fuzzy feeling, and there wouldn't be that much casting to do, would there? So, Love Productions, it would save you on your setup costs. It would save mm-hmm. you
2: time. Yeah, lovely. There's, there's a thought. <laughs> oh, brilliant!
4: Well, thank you very much, Richard, for those questions. Uh, we have a couple more before we're going to bring this episode to a close uh, but thank you so much everybody who's sent in your questions and don't forget we do have our festive episodes to record so make sure you send in your questions ready for that uh this question is from Mary Kay who is in Minnesota and Mary Kay says she is a devoted listener so thank you very much for that She says, recently I was watching an old episode of Baking with Julia Child. She and a guest baker were making puff pastry and the guest said he uses pastry flour. I've never heard of pastry flour, but after a brief internet search, I found out it's a low gluten flour similar to cake flour. I also found a recipe for homemade pastry flour, which calls for all purpose flour and cake flour combined. Have any of you used pastry flour before?
2: I just use, like, so we have plain flour in the UK. It's just called plain flour, which is almost the same as all-purpose flour. It's apparently slightly lower protein content. And I use that for everything. I don't even use sponge flour as a thing in the UK, which I'm assuming mm. is the same as cake flour in America. I don't even mm. use that. I cake really don't even use flour that. sponge flour over
3: here, I think, has already got raising agent in it. That's Whereas, right. I, it? I believe so. Whereas cake flour... We don't really get cake flour, I don't think no. here.
2: Um,
3: and I know when you're reading some of the American recipes, Sally's Baking Addition, Addiction, naming one.
2: You love that website, don't I, you? I do. Mm. Yeah, I think mm. she's
3: lovely. Um, you take out a couple of tablespoons or however much of flour and put in some corn flour, which we know doesn't have any gluten or cornstarch, guys, mm. for those of you in the US. Mm. that doesn't have any uh, gluten in it to reduce the gluten. But in, in the UK, we just crack on with ordinary, all-purpose plain flour, don't we? It's just not yeah. a tradition
5: we have. Yeah. No, no. I mean, there are some, there are some benefits when you're doing a, a, a pastry sometimes to using a bread flour if you want, um, you know, a bit of extra crispness or whatever. Puff pastry, I usually use bread flour for, but, uh, but no. I, I
2: think I, when I make croissant, I use a mixture of Bread flour and plain flour. Yeah. I think that's what I do. So there, we do do some adaptations, but no, pastry flour isn't something I even remember seeing on a shelf. No, I don't, no. no, I don't think well, we get it here. So what sorry, about pasta can't... flour? Oh, that's a thing. Yeah, that mm. not that just finely ground though? Is that what that is? That's double 00, double zero, O, isn't double
5: it? Double O, yeah. Double
2: O.
3: I'm not. Is that a lower gluten for pasta flour? I'm not sure that it is. I don't know. I
5: think, it, I think that's pretty high gluten as well, isn't it? I think
3: so. Um,
2: Look at us, we know so much about flour. <laughs> um.
3: Well, no, it's it's great
4: that you guys ask these questions because obviously it's, uh, there are so many differences between baking in the States and baking in the UK, stuff that you guys have never thought of, stuff we've never thought of, and it's so lovely to compare the uh, the baking within our two... Countries, because even though we do speak the same language, we are reasonably far away and we are completely mm. different countries. We're foreign countries to each other. So it's, But you it's could nice you
5: could be kind, Sarah, and let us see the questions before the podcast. Yeah. Other than <laughs> dropping us in. <laughs> Where's your spontaneity, Howard?
2: <laughs> well, according to a preliminary Google, it just it seems to suggest that the double zero is just very finely ground. So maybe oh, it just no. gives it a oh, smoother okay. texture. I think I think ah, it you does, want your pasta nice and smooth, don't you? You do. Yeah. And it
3: also has got, apparently you can get it in different strengths, but it says you can mm. you can buy it. Oh, I'm not sure that you can here. I'm sure you can in the world. Um, between a 7% and 14% gluten, apparently. Oh, wow. So there are different types of double zero. I don't think that's the same as cake flour or pastry flour. No. Um,
2: No. Well, according to something else, I'm looking at the replacements, uh, substitutions rather. Uh, If you don't have double zero, replace it with plain flour for cakes and replace it with bread flour in sort of bread, pizza and pasta. So um, maybe it's just the fineness that the double zero described and not actually the strength of the the Mm. protein. I don't think we know. You've stumbled upon an area which is not our expertise, I'm afraid. Mm. Uh
4: Ah,
2: well done, Mary
4: Kay. Well
2: done.
3: We managed to manage to talk
2: about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Not knowing stuff doesn't stop us talking about it. Right? No, <laughs> no. <Indeed. laughs>
4: Well, thank you very much, Mary Kay, for that. Uh, and I hope you enjoy baking with pastry flour. Um, lovely. And we have our final question here from Erin. Uh, now, hello, Erin. Erin says, hello, Sarah and team. I like the way that I'm first. behind yes. Sarah. Yes. Keep, keep saying this, guys. Keep writing into <laughs> me. Um, thank you for the podcast, which enhances the bake-off experience each season. I have a few questions I hope you will consider. Question one, how do you prepare to comment on the bakes each week? I love this thing. Sarah, in particular, seems to have a comprehensive list of the bakers, their bakes, ingredients, and judges' comments. Uh, that's only because I have less to say about baking so I have to say something. <laughs> um do you make a spreadsheet how many times do you watch each episode to feel that you have a command of what happened? I definitely make a
3: beautiful beautiful spreadsheet which just
4: spreads it out very nicely for me. Well,
3: I don't have I don't have a spreadsheet. I have a a a, a little sort of table where I put the bakers each week i watch it once twice Mm. if i have the time but i do stop and start a lot so that i can write down what all the ingredients are and the comments so it probably takes me a good couple of hours maybe two and a half Mm. hours to watch an episode and write notes as i go along because we're doing it as soon as we can after the episode has been shown so that we can get it out f- fresh in the end. Poor old editor's bashing away really quickly to get it out there. Um Yeah, I, I sometimes only watch it once. What I do find, though, is all this stopping and starting and writing notes takes a little bit of the enjoyment away for me because I, I feel, this, you know, I, it's just just sit down and watch it and enjoy it and then to sit down and have to write notes, it just just takes a little bit of the relaxation and enjoyment
5: out of it do you, do you find jane as well sometimes uh, that you are so kind of enthralled by a particular bit you've forgotten to make notes you yes. get kind of carried into, <laughs> yeah. yeah you think oh i wasn't supposed to be watching this just for enjoyment i need to go yeah. back now and make yes. some notes yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Yes, I mean. I, Stop in an enjoying idea- it, Howard. We have work to do. <laughs> Stop enjoying the program. You're really good. <laughs> yeah.
3: In an ideal world, you'd watch it, then you'd go back and watch it again and make notes. But we don't always have. Well, I don't always have time to be no. honest. So.
2: No. I'm- I'm similar. I um I tend to just watch it once because I don't have the time to enjoy it and then pick all the notes. Uh, but I do try and write down what everything's doing, just because I feel like if we're going to be commenting on the bakers, I feel a responsibility to make sure that we actually have know what they baked and what flavors they put in yeah. it before we start critiquing them. So I feel like it's only fair to the bakers that we actually know what they did. And, um, you know, on the odd occasion, I don't write everything down. Luckily, someone else has uh, probably remembered. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, if we're going to be critiquing people, I think it's, you know, we, we better know what we're talking about first.
3: Mm. Well, I mean, I've got to say all credit to Sarah because she prompts us. So if we've missed something, she does.
2: Mm. She
3: uh-huh. has been much more hey. thorough in her watching. Mm. So she should come first when people ask a question yeah. to Sarah yeah. and Absolutely. Team because she loves us. <laughs> <under> oh, <control. laughs> thanks,
4: guys. No, it's it's nice to, to pick up things that I think you three might be able to talk about, things that I, as a viewer and a non-professional baker, will would question and say, why is that happening? So it's good for me to watch it and make notes to bring up questions for you three.
2: Well, I think it's actually very easy for us uh, to critique the bakers because we are bakers and we're always critiquing everything that we're doing, aren't we? You know, we're where every time we finish our own bakes, we're looking at them and thinking, oh, the flavours didn't quite work. The technique Mm. of that wasn't right. Oh, that's a bit underproved. You know, we're always critiquing our own work. So we're sort of experts at looking at bakes and deciding what's wrong with them.
4: (laughs) 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 And a second part to Erin's question, um, which is, Something I'm very much going to enjoy hearing the response from you three. As Americans are endlessly fascinated with British accents, how do the four of you sound to one another? (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that. Well, I know that Jane and Dan like to take the mick out of Howard's South Yorkshire Accent occasionally.
3: Oh no! no.
5: There, we no. no. there
4: we go. There we go. Your Yorkshire accent's much stronger than mine. Do you think? Even though I'm more northern than you, technically.
5: Oh
4: yeah. I, 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 I,
5: I've got a telephone voice as well, though. I I I turn it on <laughs> and off occasionally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
4: Howard, do you think those two sound really posh? Um,
5: I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether I. Uh, I'm just used to now them as Dan and Jane, and I don't think, oh mm. yes, you are. I don't. Are. Think of their I, don't yeah. I don't think of their accents. I ju- it's just their voice. So Ooh. yeah, but I'm horrified to think that mine's like I sort of very very flat.
2: I sort of view Howard and Sarah like sort of Victorian factory workers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and Thank you, Jane, sir. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> and I view Jane as a sort of disapproving elderly aunt. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's very much the vibe. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, oh, um, uh, <laughs> regional accents are a fun thing, but I think the the ages of sort of judging people based on their accent are, are long gone. And in fact, in the UK people with regional accents are often seen as being like more friendly uh, than someone with a generic English accent. So you'll often uh, get uh, people like to hear like a Northern accent, you know, a sort of friendly Northern accent and Scottish accents are very friendly as well, aren't they? Apparently yeah. So, yeah, yeah, people local. like
3: a Scottish accent as long as they're not yeah. too strong because otherwise you can't understand what they have got to be say.
2: intelligible, obviously. Yes. You, <laughs> it's when they're really thick, you're like, what? Even when a really thick Scottish accent, even English people are uh, struggle to understand. So I, for the americans um but but no we we don't we don't look at people differently because they speak differently that's not really a thing
3: <laughs> well it used to be but though if, when you listen to oh, yeah. old, uh, radio and television broadcasts when everybody's going and now here we are the bbc and they really did yes. talk like that they were mm. was we so hilarious they did yes. oh yes. so even the queen um, god rest her soul um sort of modified her accent yes, as yeah. as the years went on
4: but it's actually a really good point bringing up accents and bake-off because we've heard such a variety of accents um and it's nice i think for uh other people to realize how many accents we have just in britain i mean you take out mm. scotland ireland and wales just in england the amount of Ooh. accents i mean dan even then you just said northern it's like the amount of northern accents there are from Mm. the north of the country there are so so many
2: liverpool to manchester so close geographically and sound completely different so different different. yeah Yeah. Yeah.
4: and then you've got the newcastle you've got cumbria you've got different parts Mm. of yorkshire oh so so many so yes Mm. and uh, another part of erin's question here is at any point in your lives have you ever tried to modify your accents, maybe from for being on the show at all? And what was it like to hear yourself uh, speaking on the show? Well,
2: I'll, I'll tell you a story. So I grew up in Berkshire, and my family speak in a relatively, you know, for the area, a relatively posh way. But I went to quite a rough school, so I had to have sort of two accents. I had to have, like, a, you know, the accent that we used at home, and then I used to sort of talk in a more street manner uh, for, uh, for interactions with other the youths. So now I have a weird accent that's sort of halfway between sort of, you know, a, a nice middle class southern accent and occasionally I drop letters and speak in a more reading accent. So um yeah, I don't I don't know we all I think we pick up a little intonations and inflections from uh, the spaces that we move in. So yeah, my my accent is is a bit all over the place. Sometimes I sound very posh, mm. sometimes I sound very working class. It just sort of depends. And you know, we all have a speaking to a mechanic voice, don't we? We all like to sound like we yes. know how to build a car. Yeah, yeah. But do you? Not you, oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with it, mate. You know, like that sort. Of thing.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: and uh, as Howard said, we've definitely all got a telephone voice.
5: Oh yeah. yeah.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Howard's actually Howard does every now and then. You really posh it up with your inflection. It's quite funny. Do um, I? Yes, sometimes. Yeah,
5: I tell you what. When I've had a drink as well, I I do that thing where if I'm talking to someone, I start to pick up their accent. Yes, and yes. that's awful. Yeah. Oh,
3: I do it's, that. Yeah. <laughs> Australian <laughs> ones are the worst because you start going up at the end of the sentences. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. very easy to copy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's all, it's all good fun. I think my husband is particularly. Uh, good or bad at changing his accent depending on who he's speaking to on the phone. It's very funny. He's from he's from South London, um you know, by birth, and it's very funny to hear him drop back into South London. It, but yeah. it's also you know, so my my daughter is speaks very similarly to me, and when she went off to university, she was in Leeds. Actually, Leeds apparently is a very posh university, and um, the the poshos used to say that she'd got a right South London accent, which she she really hasn't <laughs> got, but mm, clearly yeah. they they yeah. spotted that she was not one of them. Oh. Yeah. I think that's what happens with accents, isn't it? It, it? it used to, not so much anymore, fortunately, it used to mark you out as not being part of the in crowd. Yeah. You could mm, tell yeah. from the accent, and I think that's horrible. Luckily, on the BBC now, they have all different accents from... All over the place, which I really like. And yeah, I really like to see the diversity now um, because we really ought to be more multicultural mm. and multi-accented and things. It's Indeed, a good way forward.
4: Excellent. Thank you very much, everybody, for all your lovely, lovely questions. Uh, I think we've covered uh, nearly all of them. Unfortunately, we are coming to the end of this episode now, but there is just enough time to talk about a few more classes that we have at Bake With A Legend. Um, So we've chatted about the, the Bake Off. We've all watched 10 weeks of fantastic baking. And now it's time for you guys to come and join us in the new year for some new classes. We have... Some wonderful classes we have Howard's beautiful spiced Swedish Buns class, as well as Karen's Saka Tort, if anybody fancies something very, very European. And we also have Dan's Conchas, Apple Crumble Conchas, and Dobos Tort. So if you've missed any bakes this year and would like to go back and revisit them, we have those as well. We also have Jane's mini mocha charlotte's as well as her fantastic picnic pies. And if you're after something a little more classic and maybe a bit simpler, if you're maybe a bit new to baking and you just want to try something A little simpler, we have Howard's beautiful lemon drizzle cake as well. Oh, nice. Not not meant offensively, Howard. Howard.
5: you want something simple, we have Howard. We have
4: Howard. Oh, gosh. I'm going to stop now. (laughs) But those are the classes all throughout January. We have a class every Saturday and Sunday in January, all at 5 p.m. UK time, so do head on over to the website, go to uh, com and go to our online classes section. And don't forget, you can get 10% off your next booking with the code PODCAST. And uh, look out for some new classes that we have in February as well.
3: Yeah, we're going to be doing some chocolate tempering, guys. We you are. asked. You asked and we are going to be doing some chocolate tempering.
4: We are. So if you want to make some fantastic tempered chocolates with Jane, maybe for a valentine in your life or maybe just for a treat for yourself that's also fine then do come along to Jane's class keep your eyes peeled for that new announcement so yes we hope to see you at a bake with a legend class very very soon with one of our fantastic bakers and until the Christmas episodes Jane, Dan and Howard thank you so much for joining me and uh, we will see you all very soon thank you everybody for listening bye
3: guys Bye, bye bye bye